Um, obviously, this is the uh, this is the language warning. Um, but yeah, we're excited, man. I, as you can see, I, I can't match Charles' level of excitement, but we are excited over here. Um, the team looks good, bro. I'm ill. I'm ill. Bigger than your average. I'm ill. I'm ill. Bigger than your average. Welcome back, everybody. It is the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're just two guys that love talking to Nets, which is why this is Nets propaganda. We back, baby. We are back, and the season is back. It's been a short little break, the shortest break ever in NBA history. I mean, I'm sure if you're a team like the Knicks, it's been a very long break because you haven't been playing since March. But everybody else, it's been a pretty short break. Uh, the season kicks off on the 22nd, which is just a couple days away. And we're excited, man, because for the first time, we have been able to see Kevin Durant suit up in a Brooklyn Nets jersey, playing alongside Kyrie Irving, Playing alongside Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And even though it's only been two preseason games, the Nets have looked really, really freaking good. We are recording this after the Nets. Yes, it's a preseason game, but the Nets went up to TD Garden and met their rival, the Boston Celtics. And objectively speaking, we bitch slapped and stomped them the fuck out. Let Kyrie burn as much fucking sage as he wants. I don't care he's burning sage. I hope he burns sage before every game if my Brooklyn Nets look like that. Because you know what we fucking looked like last night? A goddamn title contender. Want to know why we look like a title contender? Why, you ask? Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That's why. Kevin Durant had 25 points, two assists, and six rebounds. Kyrie Irving had 17 points, five assists, and seven rebounds. All playing right under 30 minutes. About 28 minutes for Kai, about 27 minutes for Kev. So, once again, all you fucking haters, all you fucking doubters, you want to talk about what Kyrie says to the media, or doesn't say to the media, whichever way you want to bitch that day, then before the game, I'm getting messages and tagged in posts about how Kyrie's lighting sage and burning sage. Like, that ain't some shit that people just do. Like, it's something new. I'm burning an incense right now. I burn incense all damn day, every day. Want to know why? I like incense. It's not a big fucking deal. He wants to burn sage? Oh, my God. It's so weird. Since when, y'all? I'm 31. I got other 30-somethings messaging me about burning sage when my team is up over 20 on the Boston Celtics, the same team that I always have to hear about because Kyrie left that damn team. So guess what, everybody? I can't fucking wait for this season because you want to know why? We have Kevin fucking Durant and Kyrie fucking Irving. And you know what y'all got? Not a fucking hope if we stay healthy. Not a fucking hope in hell if we stay healthy. You want to know why? Because we're the best goddamn team in the league. How are you doing today, Brett? That's all, folks. Now, uh, 
Oh, obviously this is the uh this is the language warning. Um but yeah, we're excited, man. I, as you can see, I, I can't match Charles level of excitement, but we are excited over here. Um the team looks good, bro. The team just looks good. For speaking of people that had doubts, for all the idiots that were saying, Oh, trade for a third star, trade for a third star. This is why you don't trade for a third star. Because again, I know it's preseason. I'm not <laughs> But what I saw that made me happy about the preseason is those two dudes can get their points in a very short amount of time. And if they're getting their points efficiently in a short amount of time, that gives room for everybody else to get theirs. And this team is so deep and they have depth, especially in the guard positions, that we're going to be a problem for most teams. Not only are we going to be a problem for most teams, we got the depth that we were talking about, it feels like two years ago, when we signed these two superstars of future Hall of Famers. The fact that we have a playoff team without them, both years, mind you. The Nets have made the playoffs the last two playoffs. And we still have Spencer Dinwiddie. We still have Karis LeVert. We still got Joey Buckets, Joe Harris, who just signed. The fact that we have that depth that we of our original core, now add on, uh, Jared Allen's obviously, but we still got now. Now we got, I mean, Landry Shamet, Jeff Green, TLC. We have a bench that would have been our starting lineup just four short years ago. Our bench is better than our starting lineup from 2016. Now, five years later, when we're supposed to be in the doldrums of the league, not only are we an Eastern Conference contender, because all respect to the Heat, all respect to the Sixers, and yes, all respect to the Celtics because I feel good about my team right now, but the East is looking deeper than it has in the last, than the, like, feels like the last 20 years. So we do have a lot of stuff to look forward to when it comes to our own conference. But as far as the contenders in the East, the Nets gotta be there. Our starting lineup, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan, is a title contending starting lineup because that means we got Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Jeff Green, TLC, and Torian Prince, and Landry Schmidt, or whoever the combination, Tyler Johnson, whoever you want to be that combination off the bench, we got it. Hell, Karis LeVert can come off the bench. I'm about to say, Karis is probably going to not be uh, – Karis is probably going to be off the bench. He might be running the second unit now. Yeah. Which is fine with me because the lineup of Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris – KD and either Jordan or, or Allen seems to work just in two short games. That seems to be a, a, the closest thing we're getting to a death lineup without having KD at the center. So I feel good right now. It's only two games. It's only preseason, but guess what? It's a COVID world and there's only a, a finite amount of games period. So if we can hit the ground running, we got the Warriors to start off and then we got the Celtics on Christmas. And if that's the Celtics team we're playing on Christmas, guess what y'all? It ain't going to be competitive again. Because all we got to do, everyone thought it was going to be us. Just, you know, focus on their two stars and make the rest of the team beat you. That's what we got to do with the Celtics, man. And guess what? If you take away uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I ain't worried about the Boston Celtics. But if you take away Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's still our playoff team from the last two years. That's what I'm saying. That's why trading away the entire team – even for James Harden or whatever was a bad, would would have been a bad move. It just didn't make sense. You don't give away that type of depth 
when you're trying to win a championship because that's that's important, bro. That team, to your point, that's a that's a playoff team without Kyrie and Katie. No, are they a top five team in the conference? No, but they're six. They're they're no worse than a seven seed in the conference. So that's a legit playoff team. Uh, without those guys, you add those guys. Now you're probably the best team in in the East, if not the entire league, if that team stays healthy. And health will be the biggest issue. So now, now we're looking at the season. The one thing I will say is I do think we need to add some bigs still. The Lakers are going to be a problem for us because the matchup, that's going to be interesting uh, looking at that. Just tell, uh, just tell Stat to come off of the play uh, off the bench. He could be the player development assistant, and he can be our backup center. I'm just saying. Yeah, he might have to be. He he might have to be. Uh, I'm a big uh, Stoudemire fan. Just like the little side note, when he got uh, when he signed to the Knicks way back when and now. What is, oh my God! It's like ten years ago now. That was literally ten years ago. That's crazy. yeah. When he when he signed to the Knicks and he was playing like an MVP man, I loved it. I I, I tell you all the time. I say it on Nets propaganda all the time. I'm really not a Knicks hater like that. When the Knicks got felt good for the first time in forever when Stat got when Stat got there, I loved it. I liked watching him. He was fun. So I, I was a fan of him when he was on the Suns with our head coach. So. I like. I really wouldn't mind seeing him in a Nets uniform. I remember talking to Knicks fans way back then, saying, "Would you trade Stoudemire for Brooke Lopez straight up?" And they said no, which is funny in retrospect. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? That that would be a trade that anyone would have made for Brooke Lopez. Because guess what? Brooke Lopez is still balling. Right. Stat, that that's another thing. I think I do think him being in our coaching staff is going to help. I do think our coaching staff as a whole is going to be pretty good. Steve Nash seems to have the respect of, of everybody on that on the team, which is a huge. Uh, that's huge. Mike D'Antoni is, is a coach that everybody respects in the league. That's huge. Um, and Stat as a player development coach, especially with our young bigs, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, so if if that coaching staff can help with our team, our young guys that's gonna propel us going forward when you look around the league I think what else helps the Brooklyn Nets Giannis signed that mega extension oh wait before we get around the league you know who I forgot while I was touting our roster and it's that I forgot him Claxton oh yeah like I just like like it's insane to me we are really this is the deepest Nets team I've ever seen yeah, and it's unfortunate he's going to be out for like at least the first month because he's got some knee issues. But um, I honestly, the we need big so bad. I would start him when he comes back. I know he's a young. I know he's only his second year, but throw him in the fire. Let's see what he can do. Start him at the four. Let's see it. I'm, I'm with yeah. you there. But 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 to transition to what you were just alluding to, a lot of my friends who aren't Nets fans, they're Knicks fans. Mm. They believe that the Eastern Conference is going through the Nets and the Bucks. Brooklyn, Milwaukee is their predictive, you know, their beginning of the preseason, who you got in the Eastern Conference Finals, Nets, mm-hmm. Bucks, if everybody stays healthy, Lord willing, right? Also, I just want to throw out there, the Heat and the Sixers still do exist, everybody. So, like, I think my team can contend for a title, but that's not any disrespect to the depth of the Eastern Conference right now. Because, let's be real, these are some of the most fun teams in the, the East have had in at least 15 years. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, Greek Freak just got that bag. 
Yeah, no, I, I yeah, that, and I and I don't blame him for signing that man. You two hundred and twenty eight million dollars. Good lord, good lord, that's a lot of money. And and, I, and it might have been you that said this because I I, I want to credit the right person, but somebody was making a good point of we're looking at this from an American perspective of oh Milwaukee's not a big market, you know who wants to stay in Milwaukee, blah 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 blah. But he's not from here. He's from Greece, and he grew up poor in Greece. So Milwaukee to him would be like playing in a New York or a L.A. or a Chicago for, for somebody else or Miami. Just a um, much more cold and bleak New York or Miami. Well, I mean, yeah, it's freezing out there. But, again, he's from Greece. So, he's, I mean, that, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like that's the Miami of, of Europe. It gets pretty cold over there, too. Yeah, but it's beautiful. They have some of those beautiful beaches on the planet, bro. You ain't traveled to Greece all over the globe. You've traveled. You ain't been to Greece? I have not traveled all over the globe. Stop it. Oh, you are full of it. I've traveled all over America, but I have not. Oh, you travel all over, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you're, you're the only friend I got to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just in this random state today. <laughs> I have been all over America. I will say that, but I'll, but ironically, I have not gone outside the country. Uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever. Well, besides like Mexico, I don't think I've ever been outside the country. But anyway, the point of the matter is, yeah, I, I get you. Greece is beautiful and stuff like that. But when you come from a place like that, you're not poverty. Really- He's like you said, comes from European poverty. And for those who don't know, Greece was in a recession for like the last like ten years. Not like an American recession, like like they fucked up the Euro type recession. So the, what he had to experience at the ages of 13, 14, and 15, before he started playing ball, he started playing ball so his family could stop selling stuff on the street. Now, I don't mean that in like the 50 cent way. I just mean that like in the, you know, the New York street vendor way. Like, so they could stop doing that and he could actually start getting paid. So it can't be overstated enough that, not only for the sports loyalty reasons we all like to fucking blow hot air about, but for the real life reasons of that max contract for that man and his family is a change, a generational change that he would definitely could not even dream of at 10 years old. Right. And and it's, it's, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his family. I guess my question is, is this good for the league? Some people are going to say yes because it proves that a small market team can keep their superstars, and that's good because you need that. But I also believe that, realistically, the Milwaukee Bucks will never win a championship, at least no time soon. So does having one of the NBA's biggest stars stuck on a team where the chances of him winning a championship are that much smaller, is that good for the league? Because at the end of the day, you want your best players competing for a title every year. And I don't know if Milwaukee is that, is that place. Now I could be wrong. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you and say, I, I ever thought Toronto would win a championship, even when they had Kawhi Leonard. Um, so things can happen, but chances are if everybody's staying healthy, I don't see Milwaukee getting, I don't even see Milwaukee getting to the finals, let alone winning a championship. So for this guy to be in his prime and signing over the next six years, really, because it's this year and then next year starts the extension. So for the next six years of his prime, being in Milwaukee, a place where I think they're going to struggle to get the necessary talent around him to win a championship, 
is that good for the league? Is it good to say, hey, look, small market teams, you know, you two can keep your superstars and you should do whatever you can to keep your superstars? Or is it better or would it have been better for him to sign somewhere else, maybe with another star and and had a legit chance of winning? Greek Freak is going to turn 27 in 2021. He's still very young. He signed the Supermax pretty much to lock up his prime years of playing basketball, what should be his prime years of playing basketball for the Milwaukee Bucks. But like you said, dude, he might not win the title, which is the point of the game. You play to win the game, yada, yada, yada. But it's an investment for that franchise because even if the Bucks don't win an NBA title, if they're just competing, like really competing for the East every single year of that max contract, that's what it's for. If you're losing in the Eastern Conference Finals four years in a row, ain't no shame in that. And that's a lot better than what the Bucks were doing without the Greek freak. So the money kind of pays itself. Like if Oh no, yeah, it's it's oh yeah, hold on. It's definitely a win for Milwaukee. It's definitely a win for Milwaukee fans. It's definitely a win for small market teams ev- everywhere. But I guess what I'm asking is in the grand scheme of things, even for fans, right? Even for the 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 continued interest in the league, was that a good thing for him to resign? That's all I'm asking. Because even as a fan, let's let's say you're not a Nets fan. Matter of fact, let let's let's just pretend, right? Let's fantasize for a minute. Let's say Brooklyn is as good as we think they're going to be, and they dominate the league for the next couple of years, right? And it's Lakers, Brooklyn, every year. Is that good for the league? Yeah. Because we we saw we saw that the league. We don't really like – we want parity. So if we know that Milwaukee is not really a, a real contender, you know, they'll, they'll put up numbers, they'll win their regular season games, but they'll never get to the finals. I don't know if that's good for the league. I don't know if that's good for the fans. Well, the good for the league part is weird because the league has never had parity, and they do their best numbers – when there is a finals rivalry, when there is that LeBron Heat, big three Heat, or the LeBron Cavs, or the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. Yeah, the, the, the Nets finals were, were, low, were some of the lowest rated. But by the time, where the, because the media market has changed in the last 20 years. So like us bringing up how the, it was bad for the league in the early 2000s, it's a much different beast now. So I think it's good for the league because instead of just checking – we're in this hypothetical uh, or, or that you're put forward, right? If it is Brooklyn, LA for the next three years, right? I, I'm still going to check as a casual fan for Jimmy Butler highlights in Miami. I'm still going to check as a casual fan for Greek freak highlights in, in Milwaukee. I'm still going to check for the Clippers and, and the Rockets. I think it's the league is, is a different beast than it was even 10 years ago, let alone 20. And we've never had parity in the league ever. There's not a decade that the NBA had parity. Like, the closest we got was literally what you alluded to before with the Toronto Raptors win. That's the closest we've actually had to not knowing. Well, well, last year. Say what? Last year. Yeah. Well, well, and also because of COVID, it was a little bit – it felt like a little bit more parity in this past playoffs. But But that's what I'm saying. Last year, there was no clear-cut favorite, per se. Um, Because, remember, a lot of people, including myself, thought the Clippers would come out the West. Um, a lot of people thought Milwaukee would come out the East. It, it was it was a lot of teams that we said, okay, they could probably take it. Now that everything's shaped up and we saw the Clippers collapse and the Lakers have actually gotten better over offseason, 
I think a lot of people are saying, you know, we, we kind of think if everybody stays healthy, it's going to be Lakers, Lakers, Nets. Um, they're giving Milwaukee a, ch- a chance just, I think, out of respect for Giannis. But I think most people, you know, or, or you know, they really are haters and they really think that Kyrie and KD are going to destroy the chemistry and blow up the team and blah, 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 blah. So unless you're in that camp, I think most people believe it's going to be Lakers, Nets. So I, I think the only I'm, other East team that deserves more respect are well, because once again, the Celtics can 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 be that team. They've they, they've been knocking on the door the last couple of years and just can't really get over the hump, regardless if Kyrie's there or not. You fucking haters, but the Heat they can't be overlooked. Let's be real, the Heat can't be overlooked. And the Sixers, if the Sixers figure their shit out, the Sixers are are a Finals contender too. They have a talent. They just haven't been able to put the pieces around their foundation the right yeah. way. They should have never lost Jimmy Butler, obviously. Hindsight's twenty twenty, But Jimmy's ready to win a title for, for the Miami Heat. Like, the, the Heat ain't going nowhere. Spolstra's arguably the best coach in the league. No, true. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with that. I guess, I guess my point is it's an interesting dynamic because we always say we want our st- – well, at least the league always wants their stars to be able to stay in their in their small markets because if you if your small markets can never uh, keep talent, that's not good for the league either. However, it's also one of those things like, mm, are you sure that's what you want? Because the problem with small markets are, yeah, you might be able to keep a star, but how often are you going to be able to put a, a, a team around that star to get them to go? Now let's see if they if they say you know what now that Giannis is re-signed because and I want to transition to the next phase of this. What does this mean for James Harden? Because he wants to get traded. I don't think the Nets are going to make that trade anymore. But who will? Milwaukee might be a team that says you know what now that we have Giannis here. You never thought the Nets were going to make that trade. We did that pod so you so you could just shut me up because I wanted to imagine a world where we made that trade just for a couple of minutes. I'm happy we didn't too. Because I do like the depth, and I understood your your argument. It wasn't even an argument because we weren't arguing. Me and you were playing Nets fan and going, how do I want to win the title? So I get what you mean. I just think it's funny because we really went, since we started doing this pot, real talk, we went from, well, hopefully we can keep so-and-so to we're attached to every big move no matter what now. Right. It feels good being in New York, doesn't it? It does. But it, it's it's – it's one of those things. I don't know. You know who who does uh, the James Harden go to now? Milwaukee. The Heat, the Heat have been rumored, right? Yeah, Milwaukee's now rumored because they might say, you know what? Even if it costs us Chris Middleton, if we know we have Giannis, yeah. Oh we, my God, Chris! Not Chris Middleton. I'm sorry, no disrespect to Chris Middleton. He is he's one of those underrated players. Like he's better than just being talked about as a trade piece. I'll put it like that. I didn't think so years ago, but he's showed improved, and I feel bad that he's only talked about as not being a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's just a goddamn really good player. But but that's the problem. When you're a small market, usually that's all you have. So now that you have Giannis, you're going to have to do something to get some other stars around him. Um, and, and Middleton's probably the only piece you have that's, like, worthy. So if they can get James Harden, Drew Holiday, and Giannis, now we are talking about Milwaukee being a serious contender. If you're uh, Philly, do you take the chance and say, okay, well, uh, are we going to give up on Ben Simmons already? 
it's without even seeing him what Doc Rivers can do with him. Um, you know. I don't think uh, Maury is going to trade for James Harden. I really – I'd be shocked if the Sixers give up Ben Simmons for James Harden in any incarnation of that trade. Like, take away the picks and knowing that Mr. Analytics is, is willing to trade picks, right? Just looking at the player you're swapping out for the player you're swapping out. Yes, James Harden is an all-time generational talent, but you already have two all-time generational talents. Yeah, but one of them can't shoot. Yeah, and one of them needs the ball all the time. And it's not like James Harden has shown he can share the ball with a big man, Dwight Howard, who had a great run with him in Houston just a few short years ago. Well, it got to the Western Conference Finals that year. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and, the, and the Sixers have gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals without, without him. So what are we no, talking about? No, they haven't. They didn't get, wasn't that two years ago? No. Oh, I'm, the fucking, I'm bugging. Well, they lost in game seven of the conference semis. Conference semis. My bad. My bad, everybody. I just like enjoying good basketball. I don't always remember the round. Well, no, I, I I agree with you too. A part of me, if I'm a Sixers fan, I would be I would be. Wait, wait, wait! Wasn't that the Eastern Conference Finals with the Raptors? No, that was Game Seven of the of the Conference of Semis. Because remember, the Raptors then beat the Bucks to go to the finals. Uh, oh, damn! Yeah, when Kawhi hit the game winner, when it bounced on the rim twenty billion times, that was Game Seven of the Conference Semifinals. Damn. I could have sworn. Yeah, I would have. I would have lost the game show. Never gonna lie. Yes, you would have. But I mean, if I, you know, I get it. if I'm every if I'm anybody in the Sixers organization, I'm conflicted too because you had Brett Brown for so long, his time was done. You have Doc Rivers, who is a better coach. A part of you does say, "Well, hold on," and they did, and they were able to get some shooters in the off season. So a part of you does say to yourself, "Wait, wait a minute. Why don't we?" at least see what this team looks like this year before we blow it up. But the timing is now to make a move. You know what I mean? Who knows who's going to be, if anybody's going to be available next year in case it doesn't work out. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. Miami's interesting too, but even if you're Miami, that I think that's another net situation where it's like, do you want to give up all your debt to get James Harden? Cause if is James Harden, and Jimmy going to get you to a finals? Because it sounds like the Rockets are, are gun-ho on, look, we're not going to just trade this dude. If we're trading him, we want your best players. We don't want young players and picks. We want to still be able to compete now. And Miami has a mixture of both because they're targeting Miami, not for Jimmy Butler, but for Tyler Hero, a young player that really showed up last year during the playoffs last year, a couple months ago during the playoffs. So it's a strange situation for what you just outlined that what the hell do the Rockets have to do, right? Because they don't have to do anything. They can just sit and keep Harden and, and keep competing in the West. And if, if the trade isn't right for them, they have no incentive to do it. Besides having an unhappy James Harden, which is strange because how, James Harden's really like what we wanted Darren Williams to be all those years ago. We wanted a moody superstar. And is Harden a moody superstar? It seems like it. He's apparently had a bunch of GM powers this whole time that none of us knew about, that he had a bunch of final say on all these moves. So why does he want out of Houston? Like, a lot of people are speculating it's the owner and a lot of the politics of the owner in the last year. I have no idea. Those are, those are not even rhetorical questions. Those are real questions I have 
like what is the motivation behind this because i don't see the incentive for miami miami is the team i don't understand the rumors at all i kind of get the sixers i kind of get the bucks i kind of get the nets i don't understand what the incentive for the heat would be given that they just lost in the nba finals uh, I, I get that. Well, well, the incentive for all these teams is James freaking Harden. He is like, you know, whatever you think about him, he's still one of the best players in the league. And if you have a chance to get a guy like that, you go, you go out and get him. But the problem is, what is it going to cost you? And like I said, even with the Nets, one of the reasons why that deal didn't go through is from everything we're hearing, the Rockets aren't interested in Karis LeVert and a bunch of other players. They want either KD or Kyrie in return, and there's no way you're doing that because that defeats the whole purpose. Um, yeah, but, people really don't understand that KD signed here for Kyrie. So all you Nets fans that are like, well, just trade Kyrie and then we'll get Harden. Yes, because we never saw Harden and Kevin Durant play on a team before. Yeah, like the, it's, it's – it's, you know, that, so that like I said, the Rockets aren't trying to rebuild. They're trying to – they're still trying to win a championship. And their thing is, if we trade you, because we don't have to, like you, like you just said, if we trade you, it's going to be for other players that we believe can help us win right now. Is there uh, anything else that, that's really going on? This, this is a short preseason, so don't expect a super long preview because, hell, we're going to be – before you know it, the next uh, – that's – propaganda episode we're probably going to be talking about the first two games of the regular season and i'm super excited i'm just as excited oh, 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 as i was oh, when the oh, news oh, broke. Oh, oh. don't put that pressure on us that means we're actually gonna have to record back-to-back weeks <laughs> hey we've been doing good you gotta admit man we've been we've been consistent since we pretty we've much been consistently you know? inconsistent that's what we have been <laughs> We're only consistently inconsistent because the league itself has been consistently inconsistent this year. Uh, shit, what were we supposed to talk about? Let's be real, guys. Like, the, as a Nets fan, once we were out of the playoffs, what kind of Nets propaganda has there been the last couple of months? Besides rumors that we have already addressed, there's only so much speculation, me and Brett, not only as NBA followers, but as Nets fans too, that we can speculate on about what the hell the Nets are going to do until the games are played. So we will have the Warriors game and the Celtics game to talk about and digest by the next time we talk about our Nets propaganda. But let's have some fun. What is your actual prediction? All Everyone's healthy. Let's give health to everybody in the league. All the rosters are healthy. Everyone comes back. Everyone's going to play at their full strength. I'm, I'm ex- honestly, after what I'm seeing, I really, really expect them to breeze through the regular season. I really do. Um, I really expect us to win 60 plus games. I really expect them to be the number one seed, if not, maybe the number two seed, because Milwaukee will obviously get their wins. Um, but I expect it to be no, no worse than a top two seed in the in the conference. Um, and I expect this to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I really think we should make the finals. There's no team in the East, uh, assuming James Harden doesn't get traded, there's no team in the Eastern Conference that I look at and say we, we shouldn't be able to beat, even in the seven-game series. The only team in the league that I am worried about is the Lakers. Not because I think the Lakers are better, but matchup-wise, that's going to be hard for us because we don't have the big men required to play with the Lakers. The Lakers are a very, very big, physical, tough team. 
uh, our styles are like totally different. Um, and history kind of leans towards the way when those two type of teams play, history kind of leans towards the way the Lakers play over the way we play. Um, so that's the only team in the league I'm actually like concerned about. Any other team, I honestly think we should beat them. I really do. If, if you're telling me we're going to be healthy and there's going to be no issues on that, on that, on that uh, aspect of it, I, I really do believe we should win 60-plus games this year and, and be in the finals. I really do. Milwaukee shouldn't be a problem. The Sixers shouldn't be a problem. The Heat shouldn't be a problem. Celtics, we, we, you know, we just show what we can do to them. And I know it's preseason, but I, I, I firmly believe another butt, kick, butt kicking is coming again next week. Um, you know, there, there's no team in the Eastern Conference I'm afraid of. There really isn't. If, again, if James Harden doesn't get traded anywhere and if everybody stays healthy. Amen to that. I want exactly what you just said. And I pray for health for everybody in the league, not just my own team. I hate right. injuries. I hope – and you know what the, the only – the cool part that I want to say before we sign off, I appreciate as a person how positive NBA fans as a whole has been about Kevin Durant coming back. Because usually you have the cynical fans that, that are just like – is he going to be who he is? Which is fine to be skeptical about anyone coming back off a big injury. There's a difference between that and that being negative. I haven't seen negativity. I've seen mostly people saying, I just want to see him back again. And everything I've seen so far is just people being like, yo, I'm happy he's back in the league. So I'm happy for that because we haven't seen the negativity from other toxic fan bases that we would see in a regular time because as we've said over and over at nauseum, this COVID era is anything but regular. But one positive that's came out of it is the fandom, the entire basketball fandom as a whole, seems to just be trying to pick everybody up at the same time. Like, there's a lot less of the well, toxic for, trash well, talk. I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. That's, yeah, you still hate Cleveland. I know, I know. That's not what well, I'm talking no, about. Well, no, that's not – no. I mean, Kyrie's still getting killed left and right. Well, yeah, because Kyrie, you know, burned sage. What kind of maniac burned sage? That like, oh, oh, all the all the toxic stuff he does, right? He's gonna tear apart our locker room, donating one point five million to the WNBA. He's gonna destroy the Nets culture as he passes out turkeys to different communities all throughout the tri-state. He's a really bad guy because he doesn't want to talk to the media and he doesn't kiss LeBron James's ass. Don't you know that, Brett? No, I mean, I'm just saying, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the fan base has been all positive. I don't know about all that. All right, you're right, you're right. I did start off the pod with the gun smoking, so I guess I'll end the pod with the gun smoking. And, and I apologize to Brett's dad for my language. I promised him that I would cut back on the language in these pods, which I have overall. But today is not one of those days. This is the Hit 'em Up podcast as I open up this Nets propaganda season. And I want to tell everybody to suck it. The Nets are coming. Like that wordplay? Come on. I'm good at freestyling. But anyway, <laughs> tell them where they can find you. Oh, bro. my. Good night, everybody. <laughs> That's all, folks. Hello, <laughs> nurse. Oh, I don't know if this is coming out before. This is coming out before the reboot pod. So yeah, yeah. In the in the in, speaking of reboots and Animaniacs, good night, everybody. <laughs> where they can they find you, bro? They can find me at Never For Brett Me. That's N-E-V-A underscore the number four, B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Twitter and Instagram.
and I'm at not the Chuck D on Instagram and Twitter. We are at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog and podcasts on Facebook at the at www.thedope.blog. And this is death propaganda. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. Your average. What the fuck I'm ill? What the fuck I'm ill? Sicker than your average. What the fuck I'm ill? Sicker than your average.